I had always loved my job as a park ranger. I enjoyed the peace and quiet of the wilderness, the sound of the birds, and the fresh air. However, my most recent adventure in the woods had been anything but peaceful. It all started when I received a call about a group of campers who had gone missing in the woods. I immediately set out to search for them, knowing that the dense forest could be dangerous for those who didn't know the terrain. As I made my way through the woods, I noticed something unusual in the distance. It looked like a small town, but one that I had never seen before. I decided to investigate, hoping to find some clues as to where the missing campers might have gone. As I approached the town, I noticed that something was off. There were no signs of life, no movement, no sound. The town looked completely deserted. As I began to explore the town, I realized that it had been abandoned for years. The buildings were old and crumbling, the paint was faded, and the streets were overgrown with weeds. I wandered through the town, feeling a sense of unease. There was something about the place that made me feel like I was being watched. It was then that I heard a noise, a rustling in the bushes. I drew my weapon, ready for anything. But as I turned to face the source of the noise, I saw a group of campers emerging from the woods. Thank God we found you, one of them exclaimed. We've been lost in these woods for days. I breathed a sigh of relief, glad to have found the missing campers. But as I looked closer at their faces, I realized that something was wrong. They looked pale and frightened, as if they had seen something terrible. What happened to you? I asked. The campers hesitated before one of them spoke up. We stumbled upon this town, and we thought it was abandoned. But then we started to hear strange noises, and we saw things moving in the shadows. Something's hunting us, and it's getting closer with each passing moment. I knew that we had to leave the town immediately. We packed up our gear and set out, hoping to make it back to the safety of the park. As we made our way through the woods, I could feel the presence of something following us. It was like a predator stalking its prey, waiting for the right moment to strike. We tried to move quickly, but the woods were thick and the terrain was treacherous. We stumbled and fell, struggling to keep up our pace. And then we heard it, a growling sound that chilled us to the bone. We turned to face the noise and saw a creature emerging from the shadows. It was unlike anything I had ever seen before. It was tall and muscular, with sharp claws and teeth, and a fur-covered body that glinted in the moonlight. The campers screamed and ran in terror, but I stood my ground. I raised my weapon, aiming for the creature's heart. But as I fired, I realized that it was too late. The creature had already pounced on me, its claws tearing through my flesh. I fell to the ground, feeling my life slipping away. The last thing I heard was the screams of the campers as they fled into the night. When I woke up, I was in a hospital bed. The doctors told me that I had been found by a search party, wandering through the woods in a state of delirium. Now I have one humanoid story that was relayed to be my best friend. To preface I have after much pressing heard him relay other stories or legends he has heard from his family and basically describing crawlers. Without giving them the name. 
he and another mutual friend were on a hike deep into a camping spot called Jack's River Falls in North Georgia. Once there they settled in for the night around a fire. They heard what they thought was a bear trudging on the outside of their camp. These guys are mountain folk and not easily spooked but they didn't enjoy the vibe that was in the air. They then heard the same sound but this time above them. They could hear whatever this large thing was jumping in the trees this time all around them staying in the top levels. Finally a large branch broke off and fell right behind them. This was enough to grow the fire as large as they could and keep their pistols on their side. That's pretty much the end of the story but they stayed up all night and got the F out of there as soon as day broke. I grew up in the 1980s and 1990s, born in 83. One day as a young kid, five years old, I was at my friend Josh's house. He lived two doors up, which for me was as far as I could go on either side of my house at five years old. 1988, luckily all of my closest friends as a kid lived within that quadrant. Josh and I were in his basement, which was a finished basement that had a heather slash brown carpet a nice large fireplace, and a big TV in the main room of the basement. We would often be down there in the morning just before or after breakfast as his mom would be watching me in the morning. We grew up around older kids, and I had two older brothers myself, so we often heard of freaky ghost stories even at a young age, but nothing really similar to what we saw that day. What our childhood minds ultimately dubbed the blonde thing. We were playing with action figures and watching TV. I remember us laughing and playing and we both noticed movement about 10 feet away from us at the other side of the room. We were the only ones in the basement. His mom was right near the top of the stairs in the kitchen with his baby brother Nathan. We both just looked toward the motion to see a very short, about 3.5 feet tall, humanoid figure going around the corner down the short hallway to the back basement bedroom. She was bobbing her head from side to side as she rounded the corner. We saw her for maybe three seconds. I say she and her because what we saw of the figure was long, long, curly, light blonde hair, almost white draped over shoulders and her back. The hair was so long that it was almost to the floor. She was bobbing slash bouncing her head from shoulder to shoulder like a kid would be if she were skipping and playing. We both screamed and ran upstairs as fast as we could. I didn't see a face or clothes. All we really saw was the long hair draped over what was clearly a small human girl-shaped figure. We didn't know how to really describe how or what to call it, but surely talked about it and we always referred to it as the blonde thing. Now, this happened in 1988. In 2018, I hadn't thought about the blonde thing since the last time I mentioned it probably 15 years ago, and hadn't thought about it in as long. Josh sent me a friend request on Facebook after not having heard from each other since the mid-90s in middle school. He messaged me on Facebook and when I opened it, it was the hey, how have you been dude? kind of letter. But, at the end, he wrote remember the blonde thing. I felt like the adults in the movie IT must have felt like when they get the phone call where Mike tells them it's back. The memory just came flooding back. The crazy thing is we saw it one other time, outside, in the backyard of our neighbor Leota's house. 
No shit. Same thing. Literally saw skipping, short figured with the almost white hair down to the ground go into the wood line behind the house. I attempted to do research to see if other people have ever sighted similar creatures or entities. The closest thing I could find is some old Germanic folklore about long blonde-haired entities that look like girls try to steal babies from homes. Curious as to if anybody has seen something similar. Thanks. In 2002, just two weeks before Christmas, I decided to go coyote hunting by myself. I was having trouble sleeping. No one knew I had left, as it's around 11.30 p.m. No cell phones of any kind. Bad idea. I started my trek as always, down a well-used trail, until I reached a steep section covered with multi-flora rose bushes. However, I had previously cut a path and it wasn't hard to navigate, even in the snow that had been falling. I continued down the hill until reaching the large ravine that sets not too far behind my house. Then moving to my left, I went about another hundred yards or so to where the terrain planes out and you can cross a shallow stream. I crossed the stream and proceeded to walk up the long, snow-covered hillside trail. After reaching the top, I went into action setting up all of my gear and finding a spot with a good backrest and nice firing lanes. My back rested against a large pile of crushed slate. My was shotgun leveled across my knees. I quietly sat there, getting colder and colder as more snow covered by the minute. After 45 minutes to an hour I decided to quit and pack everything up. This is when things got scary. I grabbed my red filtered one, and my all candle power field spotlight. When I turned it on I saw it around 10 feet away, nose to the ground in my direction on all fours. The light coming on didn't even startle or phase the creature. It's like it knew right where I was and knew the light would be on it at any second. It then took a step toward me and lifted up onto two legs. It didn't creak or crack when standing up. The only noise that I could note was a low, deep sounding pop in the ribs slash sternum area. It stretched out and puffed its chest as if it wasn't big enough. I would have to say that I was at least 7-8 feet tall, with 5 finger hands with 2 inch claws. This dogman slash cryptid canine never did open its mouth, so I can't comment on teeth. It took a step toward me as I had my shotgun already leveled. I fired a shot that hit it in the right mid-upper portion of its ribs. Mind you, that hitting something this close with a .12 gauge shotgun usually causes a major hole and nothing could walk away from it. I was using number 2 shot and the wad would have barely opened by the time it hit the creature. The shot let loose a mist of blood in the red-tinged light of the spotting lamp. It let out a loud yelp, then tucked its ears and ran to my right. It made it out of the light circle in two strides. I fired two more times at it, but it was much too quick and I missed. I got up and started walking in the direction it ran, forgetting momentarily to reload my shotgun. I walked for about ten feet and found a large pool of blood. Then walked a few more feet and found less blood. This process repeated until I was around thirty feet from where I initially started and there's no blood to be, just footprints. It's as if this thing could quickly regenerate or something to heal itself of such a massive wound.
I stopped and realized how stupid I was for going after this thing after it just got wounded. I didn't know if there may have been more of these creatures in the area or if they hunted in packs. I just thought I had encountered a real-life werewolf. I then trudged home in the night with a surely wounded god knows what potentially circling me the whole way as I go. I took my time getting back. It took me two hours to walk what normally took 20-30 minutes. I made it back home, went to bed and never spoke of that night again until 2019. I hardly hunt anymore due to health problems, but even if I was healthy, going back out there you would always be looking over your shoulder. However, I am working on getting a group of professional cryptid researchers to come take a look. I grew up all over the rural southern U.S., from the Appalachian Mountains to the swamps, backwoods and bayous of the Deep South, where I spent most of my free time deep in the woods up into my early 20s. I spent a lot of my time hiking, camping, hunting and fishing and have always felt at home and at peace miles from nowhere, the more remote the better. I'm well educated, I have a degree in a field of science and then have seen various types of wildlife like coyotes, wolves, panthers and bears in the wild. When I was about 17 my family moved to the Florida Panhandle. The woods in that area and around my house went on for many, many miles and are only interrupted by the occasional creek, river, country road or farm. There really are many miles of woods that see very little traffic out there. I was told by the locals that the area around my house had special significance to the Native Americans and on a few occasions people alluded to things being odd in that area but no one ever told me anything specific. If anything, the few who seemed to know anything got weird and quiet if I pressed them about why they made remarks about the woods so I dismissed it and lived my outdoor life as I normally would. On one occasion some friends came over to our property and we decided to go camping. We went down to one of the creek bottoms a mile behind the house and hung out for a while but after remembering all of the water moccasins that hung out down there, I decided against camping out there out of concern that I might get bitten by a snake in the dark. There were a lot of cottonmouths down there and they become more active at night. So around dusk I and another kid went back to the house and the other two were going to camp out for the night. Probably an hour after dark the other two showed up looking shaken. They said that they were going to sleep inside too. They seemed spooked but when I asked them if something was wrong they got weird and clammed up. The next day we went back to the creek bottom to goof around and do teenager stuff. One of my friends had brought his rifle which he seemed eager to try out. It was one of those old Chinese SKSs. We were messing around the campsite they had abandoned the night before when one of them commented about seeing something that looked like the invisible thing from the movie Predator. I thought they were being silly but they were insistent so we looked around and saw nothing. A little while later the friend with the rifle fired a shot up into the trees which was immediately followed by a huge splash in the creek. When I looked at the creek I saw large waves from the impact, like someone had thrown something really big into it with a lot of force. For a fraction of a second, I thought I something brown and blurry in the creek but before my eyes could even focus on it, nothing was there to be seen. Yet there were the waves, still moving, it was weird. I was surprised, I didn't know that he had intended to shoot at anything and had been looking the other way, 
My other friends didn't seem to know what had just happened either. We asked him what just happened and he said, I saw a large hairy thing up in that large limb of the tree and shot it. I know that was absolutely irresponsible of him. I asked him what he just shot. Was it a raccoon or something? No, he said. It looked like something out of a zoo. Kind of like a big monkey or something but it had a face and it was looking at me. I must have hit it because it fell into the creek. All of this happened in less than a minute and we ran the 25 feet over to the creek where we'll had all heard the splash. There was still a slight disturbance in the water but we never saw anything. When I questioned the friend, he reiterated that he saw a hairy thing that reminded him of something similar to a baboon looking at him from on top of a large limb of the tree but it repeated, it had a face and it was looking at him. I asked him, what do you mean, it had a face? Like a human face? He said, no, it wasn't human but it didn't look like any animal's face that I have ever seen. It didn't look like a monkey's face either, it was. Different. We searched the banks and looked around but didn't find anything. We even walked down the creek a good ways to see if he had killed something and it had floated away. We never found anything, no blood, no tracks, no fur. But whatever had happened, he had irresponsibly shot at something and even if out of surprise, it had fallen into the creek but we never found any sign of it. It was shortly after this that things started feeling weird, a little eerie and we called it a day. I never knew what to think of that event and I think I had written it off as something that either just didn't make sense or some kind of crazy, very successful prank. I even asked the other two guys if they were screwing with me and they swore that they hadn't done anything. One of them did see him fire the rifle but didn't know what he was shooting at. He said he saw something fall in his peripheral vision but when he looked in the creek there wasn't anything there. Life continued on as normal and I spent a lot of my free time hiking, exploring and looking for fishing holes off of that small creek. At some point after this I started having weird experiences in the woods periodically. Sometimes, usually late in the day or at dusk I would get the feeling that I was being watched. The feeling wasn't there most of the time, it would just happen on occasion. I started noticing that sometimes in the evening I would hear strange animal noises from the surrounding woods. A few times it sounded like a blood-curdling scream, once it sounded like a roar and a few times it sounded like some type of odd bird-like cry, similar to a peacock. Being familiar with animals I always tried to deduce what animal had made the various noises. I concluded that the screams must be a panther, that the roar must have been a bear but the peacock noises made no sense. There were three neighbors within the next mile and a half on that isolated road and none of them had peacocks. Then late one evening, I heard a more intimidating scream than before, it just sounded bizarre and caused me a sense of fear and dread. The scream sounded like a woman being murdered, I don't know how else to describe it. It was high pitch, shrill and loud but it seemed too loud and lasted too long to be a human. I figured it must have been a panther but it didn't feel right and sent chills down my spine. It was during the last bit of twilight before total darkness and I hurried my butt back to my house. Sometime after that the occasional sense of being watched and followed began to feel stronger and more malevolent. On a couple of occasions after that when I was out in the woods I felt that I was not just being watched, I was being hunted and that my life was in danger.
I never saw or heard anything. The woods were always silent when this happened and I always quickly made my way home but made a point to walk as I felt running might trigger a predator like a panther to chase me if that's what it was. Whatever it was, I felt like I was in imminent danger of death. It was a consuming feeling like nothing that I've ever felt. One day during this time my little brother and his friends came running excitedly up to me and told me that two of them had seen a bear. Being that there this area had been heavily hunted for many years and there were not supposed to be any bears anywhere near this part of Florida, I asked them what they saw. They said that they had turned around and seen the hind end of something on all fours walking into the edge of the forest. They only saw the very end of the creature and could only see the upper part of the back legs and its back right above the legs. They said it was brown, it had hair and that it was much bigger than a dog so it must have been a bear. Again, there are no bears known to exist anywhere near there. At some point after this I was out hiking again one day and had made a point to bring my shotgun loaded with four shot which was the largest pellets that I had. I had begun carrying it when hiking as a precaution to whatever was out there, I was still leaning towards it being a panther. I didn't know what else it could be that would stalk a human and go undetected. I had noticed that the strange feelings and various strange sounds seemed to happen around dusk or at night so I had started making a point to get back home well before dark. This time I had stayed out too late, dusk was beginning as I was making my way home when I felt it again. Something was watching me, no, it felt like something was after me. The level of fear and the senses that this thing triggered were completely different from anything that I had ever felt. I knew I was being stalked, but I couldn't see or hear anything as I made my way home. Whatever the thing was it seemed to move with me as I had walked hundreds of yards, but the feeling had only grown stronger. I felt like my life was in peril, like something was about to lunge out and kill me. Every hair on my body seemed to be standing up and I felt certain that whatever it was, that shotgun wasn't going to stop it. Despite the terror I was feeling I forced myself to stop and scan the woods looking at both the ground and the trees thinking that I might see a panther nearby readying itself to pounce on me. There was nothing that I could see or hear, everything was deathly quiet. It was about this time that I first remember an inner voice saying something like, Don't stop. Go. Quick. Don't run. I started praying as I walked to the house. In every fiber of my being I felt a sense of malice and intent, whatever this was, it wanted to kill me. I felt sheer terror, sheer dread in a way I had never felt in my now 17 years. Remember, I grew up in very rural areas full of remote, isolated spots. Those places were where I felt most at peace, animals didn't scare me but whatever this was did. That feeling was terrifying and consuming. It was all that I could do to walk home, clutching my useless shotgun praying to God to protect me. And he did. Usually when I got within two to three hundred yards of my house the feeling would subside, this time the feeling followed me right up to about fifty yards from my home. I continued praying and as I reached it the feeling eased off, but I felt like whatever it was was nearby watching. From that day on I started occasionally feeling a malevolent presence emanating from the nearby woods. Sometimes it didn't feel safe in my own yard at night. I remember one time when I walked into the backyard and heard the scream again. 
It sounded like a woman screaming in terror only extremely loud and it lasted too long to be a human and then it transitioned to a something like a baby crying but the crying changed to become distorted and twisted and it just felt and sounded like something that was wicked was trying to frighten me. From that point on I avoided the woods, especially when alone or in the evenings. I turned to partying and tried to push the vents from my mind. A year or two had passed without incident and I had gotten too relaxed. Sometimes I get the occasional itch to go for a stroll at night. The moon was mostly full, the sky was clear with lots of stars, it was a bright, beautiful early autumn night. I still had enough apprehension to stay out of the fields and woods, especially alone at night, so I decided to go for a walk down the rural country road. It was probably around midnight. I had walked several hundred yards down the paved road and cut across the corner of someone's cow pasture to get to a dirt road. I had gone through an electric fence and had made it about 50 yards through the pasture when I heard something moving in the adjacent corn field on the opposite side of the dirt road from the pasture. I stopped and listened and heard the sound of something big moving quickly through the corn rows. At first I thought it might be a deer until I realized that the steps and movements sounded bipedal and large. Several times it moved and then paused, then moved through the corn quickly again. After hearing the movement several times, suddenly the sound of movement was followed by the sound of a rabbit squealing. I instinctively crouched, peering into the darkness. Up until this moment I had only been curious as to what kind of animal I had gotten close to. I had no way of fathoming what was about to step out. I saw a large bipedal figure walk out of the cornfield. It crossed the dirt road and stepped over the electric fence midstride without pause or effort. In the bright light of the moon and stars I could make out some details. Its head had significant wolf-like features, a long snout and pointed ears. It was taller than a human, maybe seven feet, possibly a little more and it walked leaning forward with its shoulders hunched forward, like it was slightly crouched. It was covered in hair, but the hair seemed thinner or shorter on much of its torso and arms. I remember noticing it had a very lean, powerful, muscular build. Its arms seemed unusually long and hung low as it moved and it clutched something in one of what appeared to be long hands. I couldn't make out its color because of the limited light, it just appeared dark colored. I never noticed a tail or whether it had the double knees these creatures are often portrayed as having. Despite being a semi-bright night, a lot of its body from the waist down was obscured in shadow. It crouched on the ground clutching the rabbit in both hands and I started hearing wet and crunching noises and realized that it was eating the rabbit. It was squatting low on the ground, holding it with both of its hands, eating it like you might eat a fried chicken drumstick and thigh with two hands. At this point I guess it couldn't have been more than 40 yards from me. It's hard to remember details you didn't think about at the time many years later. I had on a camouflage jacket and jeans and I remember trying to make myself small while crouching and hoping it wouldn't notice me when it paused and sniffed as if smelling something. Then it raised its head up and sniffed the air. It was at that moment that I thought, crap, I hope it isn't smelling my scent. At that moment it looked directly at me and emitted this low guttural growl and I swear its eyes flashed red, something that I've never seen an animal do without a light reflecting in them. 
It was less bright than when a light reflects directly in an animal's eyes, but distinct enough I could see the red eyes briefly flicker in the darkness. This didn't appear to be reflected light. It appeared to come from the creature for a split second, and then disappeared. Bizarre, I know. Looking directly at me, the creature stood up like it was challenging me and growled this low guttural growl that I heard from the 40 yards, or less, away. At that moment I felt fear overwhelm me. I had this overwhelming urge to haul us back to my house, but something inside, something told me not to run, that if I did it would catch me and kill me. When I previously told about all of the times I felt hunted and I felt a sense of unnatural terror like my life was about to be forfeit in the most sudden, violent way. Well now it was like I was looking at the source eye to eye. Somehow I knew that this creature was a bad, wicked thing, far more powerful than me and something like an inaudible voice kept telling me if I ran my life was forfeit. Walk, don't run. Pray. Stay calm. These thoughts kept going through my head, but they weren't coming from my conscious mind. I slowly backed out of the field, never turning my back to the creature until briefly when I had to cross the electric fence. Even then I tried to not turn my back completely to it and keep one eye on it. At this point it had moved deeper into the shadows of the pasture and was moving parallel to the direction I was going. I would occasionally hear it moving through the field, still staying parallel to me as I had begun to walk down the paved road towards my home. As I moved down the black top I came to a section of woods with no houses or lights nearby. I had to walk through at least a few hundred yards of wooded road to get back to my house and there was only one house on the way, no lights anywhere and nothing but woods. The thing tracked alongside me the whole way, moving through the woods in the darkness with absolute ease. Occasionally, I would hear a branch crack or the swish of vegetation and a few times it stopped to growl that low guttural growl at me. It's odd how I could hear it growl, I don't think I would have heard a dog growling at that distance. The entire time I felt this overwhelming sense of dread, fear and imminent, inescapable death. I continued to listen to the internal voice and prayed hard the whole way. It kept telling me to walk, not to run and to pray. I prayed, oh did I pray. I don't know if it was the voice or my intuition, but I somehow knew with absolute certainty that if I ran it would kill me. There was something symbolic about the act of fleeing from this evil and I knew if I did, everything was over. As I walked through the dark wooded stretch of road I remember wondering if any of my remains would be found and if so what they would claim did it. I kept feeling like I was going to be killed at any moment. Time seemed to drag on, it seemed like forever until I got close to my house. I finally reached my driveway and even walked backwards up a hill to my house because I didn't want to turn my back to it. Sure enough, it was across the road from my house, growling from the edge of the treeline and bushes. I finally bolted when I got about 10 yards from my door. I ran through the house locking doors and grabbed my old shotgun even though I felt certain that the small game loads I had in it wouldn't do anything but piss the thing off. I was too afraid to look out the windows as I knew it was outside and feared seeing it looking back at me through the windows. The feeling this thing gave me was not just a dangerous one, it was an evil feeling like this was a wicked, unnatural thing. I sat in my room and prayed, if memory serves, until dawn broke. 
A few weeks or months later, sorry I can't remember the specifics, my little sister came downstairs sometime around or after 1am white as a ghost and panic stricken. She was terrified, you could see it all over her. When I asked my family what was wrong they told me she had seen a bear crouching outside of her window. She had woken up to a terrifying feeling, knew something was watching her sleep and when she looked at the window next to her bed she saw a bear with big red eyes staring at her. My sister slept in a bedroom on the second floor but the garage adjoining that part of the house was one story, something had climbed up on the roof of the garage and had been intently watching her through the window. I asked her point blank if she was sure it was a bear, I could tell she was terrified and didn't want to acknowledge something. She responded with, it was covered in hair, had big red eyes and was staring at me sleeping through the window. I was asleep when I woke up with a feeling of terror, I knew something was watching me. It felt like it was bad. I'm paraphrasing as this was many years ago. I was generally too afraid to go back in the woods around my house after that but when I did summon up the courage I would periodically have to abruptly stop hikes in the woods near the house. Everything would be fine and then I would suddenly become overwhelmed with the ominous feeling that I was living on borrowed time, that the creature was stalking me and that it was about to kill me. I almost always left immediately, feeling like the shotgun in my hands that I carried was useless. On multiple occasions when this happened I felt the inner voice again, telling me to leave now, walk, don't run and to pray. On the couple of occasions that I lingered momentarily to scan the woods for the creature I never saw anything but it felt like it grew closer and the danger grew more imminent so I always left. It was around this time that I found someone's white domestic rabbit hanging from a tree branch in the woods disemboweled and with its eyes plucked out. It was hanging from a branch about five feet off the ground. It struck me that it was like it was meant to be seen slash found as it was placed in a highly visible location right behind someone's property line at eye level at the edge of a field beside the woods where this thing seemed to frequent. It just seemed significant. It was about that time that I learned that Native Americans lived on the nearby adjacent property who were reputed to use blood magic that was evil and bad stuff. I was told this by another Native American who told me to stay away from them, I'm part Native too. We lived near a reservation and multiple Natives had told me about someone who was a known shapeshifter, someone who had purportedly demonstrated their ability to shift into animals and they had ties to this family. The few times someone told me something like that they always acted like it was a taboo thing that they should not be speaking of. I don't know if it's relevant but it feels like it all might be connected. A couple of years later a friend of mine came to pick me up to take me to a nearby city. We pulled out of my driveway after midnight and right down the road from my house we saw a pair of huge wolves standing a few feet from the road coming watching us, even staring at the car from a few feet away as we passed. Their presence and behavior seemed and felt very unnatural and my friend who had grown up there freaked out. He became pale, sweaty and started stuttering telling me those are wolves. Those are huge. The only wolves in Florida are a few red wolves which almost look like big coyotes. They have reddish brown coloring and are very small for a wolf. These individuals were silver, gray and black and I guess they looked to weigh about 140 and 180 pounds. 
One was smaller than the other and when I looked at them I instinctively knew they were a pair, one male, one female. The red wolves aren't present anywhere near that part of the Florida panhandle and this was something entirely different. I questioned my uncle, a state biologist and a huge outdoorsman and he told me there were very few red wolves in Florida, they were nowhere near that size and there were none anywhere near me. Similarly there weren't any red-eyed, roof-sitting, window-peering bears in the area as all the bears in the area had been hunted out many years ago. I don't know what the true nature of what I experienced was but it always left me with the sense that it had a very strong supernatural element. Yes, these things had physical forms but there was something more, something supernatural. My friend knew something but he was so terrified that all he would tell me is that there were natives in the area and that part of the woods was special to them and then he would get an even more terrified look, clam up and change the subject. He used to have a house in that immediate area and he said strange things happened, there was something bad around the house, something in those woods. He said that their house mysteriously burnt down one day when no one was home. They had it rebuilt and it caught on fire and burned down a second time when no one was home. Whatever happened spooked him was so scary that they bought a new home many miles away and he was spooked to even think about it. When locals told me of natives who were purportedly shifters I began researching and learned that many tribes had beliefs of dark magic that would allow them to transform much like the skinwalkers. These rituals are always dark rituals that involve blood, sacrifice, or some other dark or evil deeds. After that I just stayed completely out of the woods around the house and I didn't walk further than the barn behind the house at night. There were still several incidents, more loud piercing screams in the night. Once or twice I heard a baby crying out in the woods during the middle of the night. As I thought to myself, that's no baby, something is trying to lure me out there or screw with me the sound changed from the very distinctive sound of a baby into something wicked and unnatural, almost like an evil, twisted mockery of the sound of a baby crying. I felt that it was literally trying to mess with me, trying to instill terror and let me know that it was there. One time I had to talk my brother and a friend out of going into the woods to look for the baby and again as soon as everyone agreed that there couldn't possibly be a baby crying that loudly in the woods in the middle of the night, the sound changed into something wicked which would curl your blood. There was also another occasion where we heard puppies crying out from a ditch in the edge of the woods in the middle of the night. Once again a couple of friends wanted to rush out there to rescue the puppies and once again as soon as I pointed out that it couldn't possibly be puppies out there in the woods in the middle of the night in BFE, the sound changed and it was always a wicked terrifying sound, almost like some evil thing was trying to create the most disturbing sounds it could. Shortly after this I moved away and rarely visited that home and all of my encounters of this nature ended when I left. Years later the house was sold. Where my dad's family lives is up in a series of ridges and hollers that for the sake of this entry I will call Webb, Kentucky. My dad's entire lineage has lived there since the 1800s. I have looked into our family tree and it is chocked full of history. From an old one-armed Irish man who built the two-story log cabin where my father's family grew up in and where his grandparents, my great-grandparent, lived at their entire lives to Native American heritage. 
where the following story takes place at is my uncle's house which is the two-story log cabin built by said Irish man. My uncle died in 2010 of a massive heart attack on his porch at the home. Most of the time it's since sat empty except for my aunt, my grandma's sister, staying there during the spring and summer. The house itself has had a history of paranormal activity from disembodied footsteps coming from the upstairs rooms to voices and apparitions. My whole life my dad and his sisters and brothers had always sweared that the house was haunted by the spirits of my great-grandparent. The one-armed man who built the property and possibly even my late uncle who died there. But that isn't the only thing that has happened there in the late 90s or early 2000s. Somewhere around that time, my uncle who loved spending time out in the woods day and night coon hunting with his pack of hunting dogs, was out one night on one of his nightly hunts. According to my aunt who heard the story from my uncle who retold it to my grandparents. Later on he was in the woods when something chased him out with great success. He said he could hear bipedal walking tailing him in the woods. His coon hounds who were akin to predators seemed frightened and wouldn't chase after whatever it was. He fled through the woods as he heard whatever it was chasing him from behind. He barely made it home by the skin of his teeth as whatever it was chased him all the way back to the property. He retold the story to my family a few weeks later while visiting. Story 2 My uncle, dad's eldest brother, had moved back to the mountains after some years away in the nearby city. After remarrying the family kept up with him from time to time but he set on his own and doing quite well. However, unfortunately, in mid to late 2016, he was diagnosed with incurable lung cancer and was given only a few short months to a year to live. Seeing as how he didn't want to die in the city, he decided to move back to the hills of home he spent a little while trying to find a suitable house or trailer to move his family back into. But after a while, he finally found one nestled on a very steep hill with a gravel road leading up the hill to the house. It sat surrounded by dense dark woods and a backyard that was walled off by a massive rock face with even more woods surrounding it. The house was what I would describe as a log cabin type build with light brown wood covering the outside. And tin or shingled roof. It even had a small hot tub off the side of the small porch but it had not been used in quite some time. However, that wasn't the strangest part of the property in the front yard in a medium-sized garden that the previous owners had made sat a grave, yes, a real grave. It was of a stillborn infant baby a fetus whom had died in the 1970s or 80s years prior and had been buried there ever since. I found that extremely odd and unnerving, but the inside didn't fare much better either. Whoever had lived there previously must have left in a hurry as they left all of their belongings behind. Dishes were left in the kitchen tables, a TV, bed frames were tapped together in the bedrooms with only the bed rolls themselves being taken. Little girls clothes and a Minnie Mouse TV stuffed into the closet of a back bedroom and in the backyard was the strangest sight of all. A massive burn pile made up of furniture and piece of the objects and personal effects all scorched and burned black with a giant circle of black surrounding the pile signified by a black outline in the dirt. The whole house had a very eerie and creepy vibe to it like something was wrong there. 
Very wrong my father as a promise to his dying brother started work on the house immediately arranging for satellite TV to be hooked up in the living room, which is where my uncle and his family were forced to sleep at while work was underway elsewhere in the house. However soon this happy abode turned into a living hell. Sleeping in the living room you would hear foots walking across the wooden floors doors would close and open by themselves and shadows were seen. My uncle started seeing a small boy and older man in overalls and straw hats who after a while there would torment him even up until his dying day. His wife who thought he was going crazy never knew anything odd was happening that was until while at the kitchen sink he saw a boy in overalls running past the kitchen window. Going outside nothing was there his daughter always soon started experiencing the oddness of the property. As she told her mother that she had been playing with a boy in her room. Just a short time ago when going to see what was going on. Nothing was there. My uncle was continually tormented by these spirits even locking my family who went to visit him in the back bedroom out of fear that they would hurt them. Eventually however they were found to finally flee the home having been run out by all the aggressive activity inside the home. My uncle did eventually pass away in 2017 but the entire time he was there at the home. He was tormented by the restless spirits of the man and boy. After his death the family pastor and another preacher went to the property and blessed it. And attempted to banish the dark entities haunting the home. They threw holy water on the walls and front and back doors and ordered the spirits out in the name of Jesus Christ. After that no one knows for sure if the property ever had any odd activity again. Story 3 My father would stay the nights at my grandmother's when she was still alive. She died in 2018. Most of the time he would stay with her because she was afraid of the night time as she had some form of sundowners and would see and hear thing at night. So he stayed to calm some of her nerves at night. This particular night her sister was visiting for the week and he decided to go up and hang out with them for a while. And stayed the night well at about midnight or sometime after that. He was awoken by the sound of the garbage being gone through in a loud thump. As whatever it was had knocked the lid off of the trash can causing a loud calm that had awoken my aunt and my grandmother as they got my dad up to investigate whatever the disturbance was out back. Grabbing my grandfather's old shotgun and a flashlight he opened up the back door and walked out back to investigate. Having seen the trash can lid can trash been gone through he walked farther out through the back area to see if anything was out there. And that's when he saw it walking back up the hill and back into the woods was a very large and very tall creature in white with red eyes reflecting the light from the flashlight bouncing off of it. The creature watched him the entire time as it walked back up into the woods as it vanished. My dad walked back inside white, from what he had just seen pale as a ghost. My aunt tried to ask what had happened and that is when he told her and called my mom on the house phone. Relaying the encounter my mother had my stepbrother try to find any odd encounters from the area and had found one. A man had reported being followed in the woods while he was walking down that same stretch of road one day. He never saw anything but it was walking with him every step. It was later discovered that there is a legend there about the devil himself haunting the woods of the mountains there.
I briefly participated in missionary work in the Congo in the late 1980s and can say with my hand on my heart that I and six other locals witnessed a JBAFO fight scurry across the road or clearing into the bush just five feet away from us, about an hour outside of Gamboma. It looked exactly like a long-legged tarantula but was about the size of a medium-sized dog, pit bull, or something. Of course, everyone I've ever told says yeah sure, just a big spider, monkey, or sloth, but I know what I saw and feel lucky to have seen it. I remember my first thought was not fear, but just I wish I had a film camera. The locals were shocked too. I hope they still exist out there. The JBA Fofi, also known as the Congolese giant spider, is a type of large arachnid cryptid said to inhabit the forests of the Congo. Eyewitnesses have stated that the giant arachnids dig a shallow tunnel under tree roots and camouflage with a large screen of leaves. Then they create an almost invisible web between their burrow and a nearby tree, stringing the whole area with a network of trip lines. Some oblivious animal, that's likely soon to end up on the creature's menu, will trip the line alerting the spider. The victim will then be chased into the web. This type of predatory behavior is similar to that of several species of trapdoor spiders. Natives claim the JBAFO fi eggs are pale yellow-white and shaped like peanuts, and the hatchlings are bright yellow with a purple abdomen. Their coloration becomes darker and brown as they mature. Some of the peoples indigenous to the regions in the Congo where the JBAFO fi has been seen assert that the spider was once quite common, but has since become very rare. The very first sighting of the JBAFO5 by a Western observer was in the 1890s near Lake Nyasa, during which British missionary Arthur John Symes and his men came upon one of the creatures. His men got themselves tangled in an enormous web in two giant spiders which were two and four feet in length, male and female, came out of their web and attacked them. Symes was bitten but managed to escape after shooting one of them with his pistol. He subsequently developed symptoms including a deathly pallor, severe chills, and swelling around the area where he was bitten and became delirious before dropping into unconsciousness. He ultimately succumbed to these effects and died. I was house-sitting for a friend's family. They lived in the country. Not BFE but the neighbors were far enough away that you had privacy without a set of binoculars. I'd been there a million times and was well acquainted with the property. Their large dog was fond of me and would follow me around casually. Before bed I let him outside to do his thing. He's sniffing around, he pees, and before he turns to come back in, something gets his attention. He turns facing out away from the house, hackles up, and freezes doesn't make a sound. I can only see him because of the single porch light, and I can't see much further out than that pure darkness. I call him a few times and he ignores me. Suddenly he turns and sprints toward me, and barges in the door, tail between his legs. He goes straight to his kennel and won't come to me. I slammed and locked the door, turned off the interior lights and turned on every exterior light scanned the area with a flashlight and just couldn't see anything. I let him sleep on the couch with me that night even though I really didn't sleep. The next day I went walking out there to see what I could see, 
no signs of anything unusually. I told them about what happened and they thought it was really weird for the dog to act like that. It's not unusual for coyotes to come around, but he usually fiercely barks and growls at them and scares them off. I'm sure it was an animal, and maybe he was just scared because I was scared, but regardless, gee damn. Not knowing what's out there is way scarier than knowing. You hear that, horror film writers? We sometimes stay at a cabin in an isolated area on Vancouver Island. For those of you who aren't familiar with the geography, it is rocky coastal climate with similar vegetation to Oregon. My sister, my cousin, and myself, all in our early 20s at the time, had driven into town, about 45 minutes away, for a late night movie. Driving back to the cabin at night is never fun, very isolated, spotty cell reception, hairpin turns black darkness due to the isolation and lack of street lamps or cabin lights, and lots of deer so you have to keep your eyes peeled. This night was even worse because it was very foggy coming in from the right side of the road and even with our brights from our truck, we could barely see past it. My cousin is also a bit of a reckless driver and was taking the turns a bit fast for my liking. It was stressful to say the least, and completely eerie. So when one of us spoke up to say they were feeling spooked, all three agreed. So we get to an isolated stretch with literally nothing but forest to our right and a steep incline to our left, and suddenly, onto the shoulder of the road and out of the fog steps a boy. He looked about no more than 12 years old, and he was just standing on the shoulder of the road from the forest watching as our car drove by. Ugh, I get creeped out just typing this. He wasn't injured was not trying to flag us down or get our attention necessarily, beyond his mere presence on the side of the road in this ridiculously isolated area, at midnight in the fog, and had a very neutral expression on his face which was surprising given that we probably almost blinded him with our brights. We freaked out, my cousin almost swerved off the road. My sister was sitting in the back and didn't pay attention until my cousin swerved. She looked in the rear view assuming we had just narrowly avoided a deer, and in a nervous voice said, Am I think I am seeing things, but did you guys just see a boy on the side of the road in the fog? Once we confirmed that none of us were hallucinating we debated turning back and in retrospect we probably should have pulled over to see whether he was a runaway or in an accident and if he needed help, but we were way too freaked out and just continued on. To this day I cannot figure out why he would have been out there and it sends shivers down my spine to think about it. I like to hike out in the forest in Northern California a lot, hunting mushrooms. One day I'm out in the woods, not a soul around, and I hear the extremely eerie wail of an earthquake siren. They must have been testing it, but being out in the middle of the woods and hearing that was like being in Silent Hill. It continued for several minutes, not a normal siren either, a really long, drawn-out up-and-down wail of a siren. The kind that would give you chills on a sunny day. I lived in Iowa when I was in college. At nights after I got off work I would take my dog boxer, out for a run in a local trail. It was approximately 5,000, of paved running trails going through a wooded area, and it was usually pitch black. One night my dog, 
who was as calm as could be was riles up and he kept growling and trying to go into the woods. From the beginning of the run until the end. Throughout the run a loud growling noise would follow me. I ignored it at first, as there were no known natural predators in Iowa at that time. However, I am pretty sure that was the fastest 5k I ever ran. In the next few months I heard of some mountain lion sightings in the area. Once in a while we would hear about them, but they were so rare it could have been someone mistaking a dog for a mountain lion. Now I see pictures of mountain lions from people back home on Facebook. I am pretty sure a mountain lion was stalking me throughout my run and it probably would have taken me down if it wasn't for my dog. I still remember the growling following me. It's like it was actually right next to me the entire time. Lived out on 80 acres of land in southern Colorado for a good part of my teenagehood. Parents owned the land, however didn't do much with it as it was pretty much a desert. Flat dirt as far as you can see with the occasional big bush standing only about 4 to 5 feet off the ground at the highest. Totally barren. At one end of the land was a giant cliff, about 80 feet tall, that led down to a creek. That was the only interesting part about the land, so I would often go down there with my little brother and throw rocks, play in the water, shit like that. Well one day him and I are fooling around by the creek when we notice it started getting dark. We kind of freaked out because the only way back to my parents house was either up the cliff, a very steep and pretty dangerous climb for the daytime, let alone the night. Or to walk all the way around the property line to the road and follow it up. About an hour and a half walk with a 10 year old. We choose option B as the sun is setting and make our way around toward the road. By the time we get to our property gate at the beginning of my parents driveway, a mile long dirt road, it is already pitch black out, all we had was the little light the moon gave us. I'm not really afraid of the dark and I have never been one to believe in all those ghost stories or anything like that and my brother was too invested in the Milky Way and telling me facts about different stars that I really wasn't thinking anything was gonna happen. Well we get to the top of the road where we can see our parents' house, and out of nowhere, the loudest, ear-piercing scream comes from somewhere right behind us. It was so loud and shrill that me and my brother dropped to the ground and covered our ears. I spun around but didn't see anything, and the air felt different, almost as if something was watching us. I frantically stood up and did a 360 turn, but all I saw was dirt and small shrubs. I grabbed my brother by the hood of his jacket and pulled him forward as I began bolting to our shed, all while feeling like something was behind us that entire time. My brother was crying and hid in the far corner of the shed as I tried to logically convince myself that it was a coyote, or maybe one of the neighbor's cows. After about 30 seconds I decided to open the shed door and peek out. And right on the horizon of where me and him were just standing on top of the driveway, was this tall creature? I couldn't see much of anything except for a silhouette because of how dark it was, but it had to have been standing at least 8 feet tall, and had a very very long arms that seemed to touch the ground despite it appearing to be in an upward position. I couldn't register much else because it turned and bolted down back toward the beginning of the road. I slammed the shed door shut again and me and my brother ended up hiding out in there all night. 
told my parents and they wrote it off as our imagination and a trick of the dark, and nothing like that has ever happened before that or up until the time when I moved away. I have no idea what it was. Maybe I was just seeing something, maybe me and my brother were just tired and misheard an animal noise. But what I do know is that it scared the ever-living shit out of me and I was always home way before dark since then. Although I no longer live here, mostly because of what happened, this experience has always stuck with me, and the near thought of it leads me to many sleepless nights. Not the scariest thing, but strikes me as out of the ordinary. I used to live in pretty much the middle of nowhere, in the corner of Wyoming, about two miles away from a town with a couple hundred people inhabiting it. My father had always been a very hardworking, self-disciplined man. And so, he wanted me to be like him, and he would always send me out to perform chores around our somewhat industrialized cabin. Nearby, within viewing distance, there was a poorly maintained walking trail near a river. We never really saw anyone walking it, and we weren't sure how it wasn't completely overgrown. This particular night, my father sent me out to water the garden, which was conveniently placed pretty far away from the house, just across the trail and so I had left the house with the water. I am a pretty tough guy when facing animals other people and real life scares, but paranormal things have always shook me to my core. As I am traversing the lightly bushed plains, I spot a small, flickering light in the distance. At first I brush it off, but I soon realize that the light was moving closer to me, and it seemed to be going along the trail. I had never once seen anything other than the occasional squirrel travel that trail, but here the light came. I decided to crouch down behind a bush, because around the area, most people weren't very friendly, and usually had very little social interaction. The first sense was sight, seeing the light, then I began to hear thudding, coming from the same direction. The thud became a gallop and I immediately knew it was a horse. The place where I was may have been old-timey, but people didn't usually ride horses. As I am crouched in the bushes, only about age 12, I am scared to death. This is around 2 in the morning, and nobody should be out, and nobody is ever really out in general around here. As the horse approached, it finally turned the bend, and I see a somewhat small, pretty young girl riding the horse. She was wearing an 1800s-style faded green dress, a hat, and holding a torch. She was riding pretty fast, and had been looking back every couple seconds and screaming father, but since I knew it was a young lady, I decided to step out of the bushes and say hello. Are you alright? I said. She sped up even more. The horse seemed out of control, and she just sped past, and she was gone as soon as she came. The torch light faded out of sight, and I continued my journey to water the garden, hearing her screams for her father slowly get more quiet, and fade into the darkness of the Wyoming forests. For some reason, little me didn't find it odd that a young girl was riding a horse alone in the pitch darkness of a Wyoming forest with an 1800s-style dress and a torch at two in the morning in an area with pretty much no people. I was a dim child. When I arrived home, my dad was fast asleep, and so I decided to wait until the morning to tell him. When the morning arrived, 
I told him about the girl, and he said the exact same thing happened to him less than a decade ago. The same girl, same clothes, same torch, same horse, screaming father. What my dad said sent a shiver down my spine, and I will always remember the strange girl, probably a ghost, riding past me in the middle of nowhere. Never heard of it again, but my childhood friend who was in the area did say that he remembers some sort of legend with something to do with a girl and a horse, but other than that, I have no idea what happened. Maybe I'll never know. I'm not sure what to call this thing. All I know is that it is nowhere near human. If I remember correctly my first encounter with it was when I was around 10 or 12. I'm turning 20 in 4 days. It's all fuzzy. What I do remember is that at the time I was we were 1 in the state of California and 2 playing hide and seek outside with a few of my friends for privacy's sake we will just call them Ray and Finn it was already pretty late I'd say about 6.47pm. It was in the autumn so sun was practically gone by this time. It was Ray's turn to seek me and Finn decided to run off together since we both didn't really like the dark all that much. A phones with lights were still pretty expensive so none of us had one. Only thing we had was one of those old shake lights that you have to shake to charge. Anyways it had been about 10 minutes since the round started. Ray got close but never close enough to find us. It was funny for a bit until me and Finn heard it it sounded like a low growl. Like a wolf, but just deeper and more messed up kinda like it was sorta underwater. I remember when we heard it. We both yelled and ran out running to Ray. Ray, oh there you guys. Why do you guys look scared? At the moment, me and Finn were pretty scared and shaken up and we just wanted to get out of there. We kinda looked at each other in silence then grabbed Ray by the shoulder and guided him out. Not daring to look back. And honestly the only reason I didn't look back was because I swore I could hear it following us. We barely got any sleep that night especially when the house was old. And just wouldn't stop making those creepy sounds you always hear at the worst times possible. I believe it was around 6.33 AM when I decided to try to get sleep I went to wash my face off in the bathroom. I shit you not while washing my face I saw it behind me. The only details I could get in that moment before I freaked out is that it had blood red eyes and its body was like pure black. At that point I knew damn well that I wasn't going to be able to sleep so I turned on the TV and just watched some cartoons for the rest of the day. Trying to keep whatever I saw out of my head. Fast forward a week and we kinda have forgotten it. Already out in the forest playing the game once more, this time we were out till 7 or 7.25 PM. It was around that time, I just held the shake light close making sure to keep it charged as I wandered around looking for Ray and Finn. But instead of finding them, I found it instead whatever the fit was. Because of how dark it was in its black body I could barely make out any features. Didn't help that it was looming over a dead deer eating at the carcass. It didn't even care that it ate the bones as well, what I could make out with the light and because of the blood was that it had a reptilian-like jaw. Not like a snake or a lizard honestly, it was more like what you see on a dragon yet. Its teeth and the amount it had were just uncanny. I was frozen with fear for a bit, but when it realized I was there I dropped the light and ran for my damn life yelling for Ray and Finn to get out as well, 
I thought it was following me, but it was just Ray and Finn catching up to me. As we all ran inside they tried to ask me what the F happened, but I honestly was too scared to even talk. Just hugging them both glad that they made it out and away from that. Thing. I didn't get much sleep that night as well. Honestly I'm surprised I got any sleep but now. I regret even laying down that night since when I woke up, I was in a paralysis like state unable to move and struggling to breath. Whatever I saw in the forest was right at the foot of my bed, crouching down just to fit into my room so it had to be at least 8 feet if not taller. The morning light kinda revealed that I was correct about the dragon-like face. Well dragon mixed with a bit of wolf. I could kinda hear something dripping as it slowly inched up onto the bed. I was scared shitless. And completely immobile. It got right above my face. Its mouth slightly open like it was going to eat me. It just sat there like that for eternity, but suddenly it lunged and I finally broke free and yelled. After a second of just screaming I realized I was still alive and that my mother had come to check up on me. Seeing how scared I was she ran over to make sure I was okay. All I could do was sit there shaking out of terror and the only thing that anything had happened was a huge print on my bed sheets. It was kind of black like ink but was quickly disappearing. From that day on it just kept getting worse, I had horrific night terrors constantly had sleep paralysis where I would see and take many forms. Fast forward a half of a year we hit our breaking point. Me, Ray and Finn are having a sleepover at my house just playing Minecraft since it was still new and we loved building games. It was around 4.54pm and dinner had just gotten done when we heard it. A loud thud on the roof that slowly became scratching as low demonic-like growls followed the scratching. At this point my dad has had enough and grabbed two guns asking Finn to follow since he was the oldest out of us three. Fifteen at the time almost sixteen. They went outside to see what the hell it was themselves and to see if they could kill it once for all. It kinda started to rain a bit when they went outside and me and Ray were not allowed near the door. Since my dad didn't want it to be able to lung down and take us. But as a minute turned into almost twenty minutes slowly hearing them get louder and louder practically yelling at whatever it was. I was about to open the door when Ray pulled me away and I heard two gunshots. Then three more as my dad is yelling slash screaming. After a moment he ran inside slamming the door closed and locking it just breathing heavily. Finn was nowhere to be seen and we kinda just thought of the worst since dad did kinda have a bit of blood on him. His leg was sorta broken as well the bone was showing. Almost made me puke on the spot. Dad is kinda fine now since he had an implant, but for Finn we were right to think the worst. Because I recently learned that yes Finn indeed died that day. They have yet to find his body and Dad just has not been the same. The next day I had to say bye to Ray since Dad just couldn't handle being in that house anymore and we moved all the way to Washington as soon as we could. We have been here since but I think it followed us. On my late night walks I can sometimes hear something following me and my dad just doesn't want me to talk about it. The only details I have gathered from my dad about the creature is that it's 9 feet tall. Has dragon-like wings, wolf-slash-dragon-like head. Its body was dripping like ink-slash-tar and it had spikes down its back. 
It's hard to talk to dad about any other details because he's just gone down a road of drinking, but honestly I think it's back and I'm scared. I don't want anyone to die again and I don't want to move once more. And I get that I didn't really see it myself, but it still scars me and I still have sleep paralysis. And nightmares about it. 